Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfy with Remax the Golfy team here with Rick Zamperin on the Hamilton Real Estate Show. Yeah, on AM 900 CHML, a good Saturday morning to uh, one and all. We have a special guest in studio. We'll get to our special guest in a matter of seconds. But don't forget, we're live and interactive uh, each and every weekend uh, through email. Questions at robgolfie.com. If you have a, a question, a quandary, a query, an inquiry, you want to know what uh, Rob is thinking about maybe a particular property in the city of Hamilton, you have a real estate question, you can email your questions to questions at at robgolfie.com. Find them online, robgolfie.com. You can call them at 905-575-7700. All over social media, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Check them out on Facebook. Our in-studio guest today, Sam Maliaccio of Mortgage Architects Hamilton. His phone number, 905-574-9200. Sam, good morning. Good morning to you, Rick. Wow, we're going to talk about a lot of things in regards to uh, the mortgage industry, the market. Maybe we'll start with there, where the market is still red hot, right? The market's still red hot. Inventory is even less than last year of uh, last year of October, and uh, so that means a lot of houses that are a little more pricier than we think would sell are selling. Right, and uh, it's just it just keeps going. Uh, you know, especially with. Uh, mortgage uh, mortgage uh, situation what Sam's going to talk about you know now probably more people from the GTA will be moving out this way yeah but but again I'm telling you Hamilton is still valued great there's great values yeah. there and uh, definitely it's worth uh, buying here just had the uh, US election and a lot of Americans so much so uh, kind of crashed the Canadian citizenship and immigration website because there were so many Americans saying, hey, maybe I should move to Canada after Donald Trump got elected. They will probably look to A, Toronto first, Vancouver, Montreal, the you know some of the, the big markets. But if they look a little deeper, Hamilton will be that market where they can get a lot of bang for their buck. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was I walked during watching the election. Uh, my son was telling me uh, he was saying that the that site uh, crashed uh, yeah. that night. People just uh, you know <laughs> trying to get their name in there first to to immigrate to uh, to to Canada. <laughs> but uh, but I you know what honestly I I don't know what uh, the U S is, is expected. Hmm. Uh, I think Donald Trump's probably just going to run uh, the country like he runs a business. So he's going to run it lean and he's going to run it uh, so. But I mean he isn't. The, his character is a little off. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but obviously he's done well for himself in business. So I mean I mean hopefully he doesn't screw up and get impeached. I mean uh, he'll go down in history again. <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. That could happen. Yeah. It wouldn't be the first though. It w- no, it wouldn't be the first time. No. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, including uh, the golfy team hitting 500. We'll get to uh, that a little later on in the show. Uh, also uh, in a, uh, a top 10 segment that you're going to want to know about as well. We're going to talk about the uh, real estate board and. Uh, a particular article that is highlighting the golfy team. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. Um, what's going on in the mortgage industry? Maybe we'll start with Sam with uh, mortgage broker versus the bank. And there's obviously some differences uh, through those two avenues, right? Yes, there is. Uh, there are differences. Uh, you know, when, when dealing with a bank, uh, unfortunately, you're limited to whatever that bank's product is. 
you know, versus uh, dealing with a mortgage broker, there's uh, more flexibility. And we do all the rate shopping for you. So, you know, we take some of that guesswork uh, out of it for you. So those are some of the um, obvious differences between dealing with a bank and a mortgage broker. Yeah, I guess that biggest difference is, you know, the bank is going to have its its rate, uh, and that, that might change depending on, you know, your financial history. But a mortgage broker is not just going to have one rate. They're going to look at a variety of rates from a variety of institutions, right? That's correct. And it's it's not just rate. It's it's a number of other uh, uh, options that are available. And, and for quite frankly, a lot of people go to a bank, they get declined, and then they figure they just can't get a mortgage. Right. Sam, you mentioned it's it's more than just rates. You're looking at other options. What would some of those other options be? Yeah. So, for example, uh, you know, somebody who's uh, self-employed, uh, you know, somebody might not necessarily um, have good credit, but mm-hmm. makes the income. Uh, so, you know, you know, people, everybody has an opportunity or should have an opportunity to buy a house and it shouldn't be just because of rate. Um, and let's face it, when you go to a bank, the, the people you're dealing with at a bank are, are supposed to know a lot about everything. They, they, they know about bank accounts, they know yeah. about RSPs and mutual funds and things of that nature. Whereas a mortgage broker specializes in just mortgages. So, you know, I, I, we pride ourselves in that. And, um, you know, I think it translates, uh, you know, well, we, you know, we've got increased market share over the last few years. And I think that's continued. That's going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. How did you get into mortgage brokery? Or what, yeah. what is it called? Mortgage brokerage? Yeah, that's funny. Well, so <laughs> I used to be with the bank. So I, oh, I worked really? on that side. <laughs> you um, were on the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> so he jumped yeah. ship. <laughs> I worked for a bank for several years. Uh, and then about 16 years ago, I was approached by a uh, a colleague of mine that, you know, uh, basically recruited me and uh, I decided to take a chance and mm-hmm. become a mortgage worker. I liked that side of it. I liked dealing with mortgages. I love dealing with first-time home buyers. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take the plunge and, and I got my broker license and, you know, 16 years later, here I am. Nice. Uh, we're going to get to first-time home buyers a little later or later on in this segment. Again, if you have a question, questions at robgolfie.com. Go to the website, robgolfie.com. Call them today at 905-575-7700. Can a buyer buy a home with as little as 5% down more than once in their lifetime? So, Rick, I get this question a lot, and the answer is yes, and a lot of people don't think they can. So, uh, for instance, if a husband and wife buy a home with 5% down, and then five years later, they say, well, you know what? I want to sell this house. I want to buy the next house. Well, that next house can also be purchased with 5% down. Hmm. Um, A lot of people think you can only do it once, and it's not the case, because oftentimes people are selling that first home, and they say, well, you know, I could put 20% down onto my next home, but I've got a little bit of credit card debt I want to tidy up. So the answer is yes, they are allowed to buy a second home mm-hmm. with as little as 5% down. Where does the misconception come from? Is it just that they only think that 5% is for first-time home buyers? That's exactly yeah. it, Rick. And it's not just for first-time home buyers. Okay. Interesting. Can a buyer buy a second home with 5% down while still owning an insured mortgage? That's another great question. And the answer is yes. So CMHC will allow you to buy a second home mm-hmm. uh, and it can be insured as long as the second home is being purchased for an immediate family member. Oh. So it cannot be for a rental property, but it can be for an immediate family member. So for example, if uh, you have a child that's, you know, going to university uh, and rather than uh, renting out a apartment for him or having him stay in residence, you can buy Mm -hmm. a home with as little as 5% down and have your son live in that home. The catch is you have to be able to qualify to carry both mortgages. Okay. And that's probably the sticking point for most people. 
It really is. Yeah. Uh, immediate family. So we're not talking grandparents or um, cousins, obviously. You know, so it's it's you know the the textbook answer is it's supposed to be for a family member. Okay. So, so sometimes uh, it does get extended. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're extended. part of the family. <laughs> He's my paisan from uh, the old country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what are the current privileges offered for first-time homebuyers? So the first uh, the privileges for first-time homebuyers today is the land. There's a land transfer tax uh, credit yep. of up to two thousand dollars. So. To be clear, uh, the land transfer tax isn't paid for. You just get a credit for Mm $2,000. A lot of clients come to me uh, and they're buying a $500,000 home and they say, well, I heard the land transfer tax was paid for. Well, it's not paid for because the land transfer tax on a $500,000 home, um, and I don't have the exact uh, formula. It's going to be more than $2,000. $4,000 to $5,000. Yeah, so so you would get a $2,000 credit for that. That's the current privilege for a first-time home buyer. And first-time homebuyer obviously doesn't have to put any anything more than that 5%. Correct? You got it. 5% yeah. down is the minimum. Uh, talk about current options for people wanting to buy a second home for a rental. You talked a little bit about that, but what, what are some of the options they have? Yeah, so right now you can buy <coughs> a rental property. Uh, most lenders will, will require a down payment of 20 to 35% down. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. So you, you, you can buy an income-generating property with 20% down. Uh, some lenders charge a premium on the rate for that privilege, mm-hmm. but not all. We, we do have a couple of lenders that will allow, uh, actually not bonus the rate. So the rate would be as good as it would be as if, if you were owning or occupying that home. And you can put as little as 20% down for that rental property. What goes into determining the rate for a second home? Do you get some sort of break in there? So if you're buying it for uh, for a second home under CMHC, it's as good as it would be if you're occupying it. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's no, you're not paying any premium for that second home. Right. There's no premium. That makes sense. Do mortgage brokers charge fees? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, for the most part, we do not. Uh, you, you know, if if you're dealing with a mortgage broker and you're dealing with an A type lender, then that mortgage broker should never be charging you a fee. Mm. Uh, if on the other hand you're dealing with a B lender or you know a private lender, from time to time there could warrant a fee depending on the amount of work uh, that's involved in that mortgage, and depending on whether or not the lender is paying the broker. If the lender is not paying the broker, then the broker would pass on some sort of broker fee to the client. But for the most part, Rick, mortgage brokers do not charge fees. Our listeners might be wondering if you don't charge a fee, how do you make money? Yeah. So we get paid by the bank. Okay. So, you know, you know, we basically work for the client and for the bank. We represent both. And the, the bank will pay us a referral fee for, for delivering that good client to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the new approval process now? What is the stress test that we talked about maybe a few shows ago? Yeah, that just came out, uh, what about? A month ago? A couple months? A month ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, And how does it affect first-time home buyers? So talk about that approval process and how it affects, you know, those first-time home buyers. Yeah. So prior to uh, last month, uh, we qualified all buyers uh, at whatever the discounted rate was, so whatever the contract rate. So today, you know, five-year fixed rates uh, are as low as 2.34. So if a husband and wife came in to see me a month ago, I would qualify them at 2.34. Now, under the new rules, that same um, buyer that's buying a 
insured mortgage has to qualify at the benchmark rate, which is 4.64. So this new stress test uh, is going to affect a lot of people, more so the first-time buyers uh, versus, um, you know, a veteran buyer. Because that first-time home buyer would typically have less than 20% down. So now they have to qualify at 4.64. And so it's really taking a lot of um, uh, affordability away from that buyer. In fact, uh, they're suggesting that it could affect uh, 20 to 30% of what somebody would qualify for prior to the stress test being implemented. Mm -hmm. So how how do you think this is going to change the playing field or, or even the industry? Yeah, well, so I think what's going to happen, I think Rob alluded to it earlier, you know, one theory is that, you know, and we've had a lot of Toronto buyers come this way over the last couple of years. One theory is that's going to bring more of those buyers this way because they're, they're, you know, those buyers that couldn't afford buying in Toronto a month ago really can't afford now because um, under this new rule, it's it's, it's really, really uh, dampening a lot of buyers. So I think my opinion is going is that some of the secondary um, cities, uh, you know, like the, 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 you know, the Hamilton and some of the Niagara areas, I think they're going to benefit from this rule, I think. And those who will not, uh, more often than not, are going to be the first time buyers because they just don't have that, well, really that bank account and that home equity to kind of play with, right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll talk uh, more about uh, the mortgage industry, uh, the golfy team being one of the tops in Canada. We'll also tell you why 500 is a big number for the golfy team as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Home where my thoughts escaping home. When my music's playing home, my love Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Sam Maliaccio of Mortgage Architects Hamilton, also in studio. You can get a hold of him at 905-574-9200. Call Rob today at 905-575-7700. You can find him online, robgolfie.com, all over. Instagram and Twitter. Find them at Rob Golfie and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. Still to come on the show, why the number 500 is a big one for the Golfie team and why they're a top 10 seller in Canada. We'll get to that a little later on in the program. Uh, Sam, let's get back to the uh, this mortgage stress test, uh, which is obviously uh, uh, very impactful for first-time home buyers. But what are some of the things that we should know that maybe someone out there who's kind of thinking about selling their home or getting into home ownership should understand? So, you know, first of all, <clears throat> the reason for the stress test, I think, uh, you know, the government was concerned with how the real estate market's been going. It's, it's, it's uh, been going uh, uh, up over the last, you know, several years. And I think the pace in which it's growing is a concern for, for the government. And for that reason, you know, they've implemented the stress test. But I, I don't think it really applies for all cities in Hamilton. And, and somebody told me uh, recently, they, they gave me a good analogy. It would be like, you know, sitting in a classroom uh, and the teacher looking at, you know, 15 of his students and two of them are misbehaving. And let's call those two students Vancouver and Toronto. And then uh, the teacher is punishing the whole classroom right. for what's happening, you know, with the two students. And I think that's what's happening um, in the marketplace. I think Hamilton is still strong. I think there's still some upside in Hamilton. Um, you know, and some people will argue that, uh 
Toronto and Vancouver have still have upside because when you look at comparing them to other metropolitan cities like Tokyo and New York mm-hmm. on the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's undervalued. And the world loves Canada. It's it's a great uh, place to be. And I think there's still a lot of uh, foreign investors that find good value in Vancouver and Toronto. But I, I, I think, and Rob alluded to it earlier, I think Hamilton is still strong. I think there's still a lot of uh, upside in Hamilton, uh, notwithstanding um, the new rule change you know, it, and it's still early to tell. I think it's going to have an effect, mm-hmm. but I just don't think uh, you know it's going to uh, uh, you know do much to the to the Hamilton market overall. Do, do you think <clears throat> you mentioned uh, basically the doubling of a rate? You know, if you're if you're approved for two point three, you, you got to hit you know the four point six level. Do you think the government might? perhaps revisit that in a year's time just to see how it's impacting the market? Yeah, it could. You know, for as quickly as they implement it, I'm sure they could quickly revamp it. Uh, and, I, you know, and for all, I think they're, what the reason why they're doing this, Rick, is because they're wanting to make sure that if rates do go up in the future, that clients will not have that much of a payment shock. Right. So what they're saying basically in layman's terms is if you can afford to carry a mortgage at 464 you know, we'll give you that mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, even though rates are at historical historical lows. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I think they needed to do something. I don't know if this was the right thing for them to do, but uh, only time will tell. I, I, I honestly don't think it's going to uh, help anyway because <laughs> yeah. if if somebody is qualified to buy, let's say now that they only can buy a three hundred thousand dollar house, right, and uh, and they're still getting the mortgage rate at two point three five. Even though they, you know, they were approved for the four point six four, those people are just going to end up financing something else. So no matter what you true, do, true. no matter what you do, if <laughs> if things go up, it's still going to hurt everybody. So yeah. so now you got this guy that has bought this house for three hundred thousand. He couldn't afford to pay an interest rate at four point six four, even though he's paying uh, two point three four. Um, he's probably going to buy something else. He's going to buy that big Lincoln, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean. And 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 it, it, so he still will be in trouble if interest rates do go up two to four percent. Yeah. So um, it just it, I I don't know how it's going to really. I know I don't know, Sam. Do you think I'm right? Like people still finance themselves. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. Uh, you know, people will still find a way to do it. Um, and you know, and it doesn't mean like there's a lot of people that are first time home buyers that are deserving. Uh, of buying, being able to buy a home at and qualify at lower than 4.64. And uh, to think about it, so if somebody has less than 20% down, they're being punished. Uh, somebody who has got 20% down can still qualify at the 2.34. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is more worthy than the person who's got less than 20% sure. down. So I think they're, the government is you know picking on first-time buy- home buyers more than anybody else. What they probably should have done is just... Uh, carte blanche made it tougher for everybody uh perhaps and not necessarily made it so uh so significant like a, the two and a half percent swing is mm-hmm. is huge uh so you know I, I don't know like time time is gonna tell it's like, the, it's like the millennials right now they don't ask how much is the house yeah. going for they say how much is it going to cost me per month you know I, mean? <laughs> right. I can handle those payments a month yeah and and you know and it's just uh, and i think that's what they're worried about because the biggest buying uh, purchasers right now are the millennials. Right. Yeah. Regarding the rates, are you surprised it stayed so low for so long? And if it does increase, do you think again the government might say, "All right, we're at a level now where we don't really need this stress test because we're we're, we're all getting stressed out." Well, that, great question, Rick. And 
you know, if rates go up, they so this benchmark rate, the four point six four, really it's an arbitrary rate. The gov it's not a it's an it's a it's any you can drop that rate overnight. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just a uh, it's an arbitrary rate. So if rates start to go up and they find that uh, uh, it's affecting the market negatively. They may even drop that uh, that po- that um, um, uh, benchmark rate. So right, that right. so they can they, it's like a teeter totter. They can turn it up and uh, turn it off and on or up and down, whatever the way they want, depending on how the market goes. Yeah. So I think if rates go up, they might potentially look at dropping that benchmark rate or that qualifying rate. And on the first part, surprised that it's it's been. I mean, we've we've been having low interest rates for. The better part of a decade, really. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Are you guys surprised at that? Well, uh, you know, uh, you know, I think you know, I think there's a lot of variables. I think uh, uh, you know the sluggish U.S. economy. Um, you know, and 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 you know, with with the the evolution of monoline lenders coming in the marketplace, like Canadians have never had more options when it comes to mortgages right now. So I think the competition has created a. Uh, uh, an even playing field, and I think for that reason, rates have stayed low because it's giving consumers way more options than they had, you know, even ten years ago. So, you know, I'm not surprised. I think they've done that strategically, but I think you know, as the U.S. economy recovers and the housing market in the U.S. recovers, I think you know, rates will go up. You know, some suggest that these rates are artificial. You know, I tend to believe that to a degree. Um, so. You know, are they going to go up? I, I think the answer is yes. I just don't know, you know, how fast and, 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 and how high. Yeah. I'm not sure how lower they can go. I mean, that would be bargain basement <coughs> oh, no. prices. Yeah. But from a realtor standpoint, I mean, low mortgage rates, low interest rates overall have really helped, you know, the, oh, the realty. Oh, absolutely. The um, sales have been strong because of uh, people can afford. Well, before... What's driven the market up because of the low interest rates. Mm-hmm. So that means more buyers said, well, listen, I can buy this house. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interest rates are low. So in turn, that's driven the market up, driven the house prices up. Yeah. Uh, so it just, so I don't, I don't know, you know, what, how the economy is. I can't predict the future, but they're just, they're just prepping. And, and, and they've been, they've been worried about this for five years now, I mm-hmm. think. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, us as, as consumers, we're going. How long can this keep going? Yeah. But it's going, and it, and it still goes. As long as they keep bringing two hundred and fifty thousand immigrants into Canada every year, they're uh, you know, I mean, they're buying houses, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they're contributing to the uh, Canadian economy, and it's just and it, and sure. it just keeps going. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM nine hundred CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call him at nine zero five five seven five seventy seven hundred. RobGolfie.com is the website. Sam Aliacho from Mortgage Architects Hamilton also in studio with us. Uh, 905-574-9200 is his phone number. Back to you, Sam. What options would I have if I'm unable to get a mortgage with a conventional bank? Okay, so Rick, we have what's co- what are called we have uh, in our marketplace. We have what we call B lenders. Uh, some of those B lenders, for example, are uh, I'll name a couple. Okay, sure. Uh, Equitable Bank. There's uh, Home Trust. There's Effort Trust. Um, uh, there's Equity Financial. And and you know the, the you know there's a place for every lender and and what they do is they look at that client who who has um, you know bruised or tarnished credit could be somebody that just came out of a bankruptcy that wouldn't typically get approved with a bank 
And what a B lender does basically is, you know, they mitigate the risk by, you know, offering us a higher interest rate. Right. And there's sometimes a, you know, a lender fee associated with that. But, um, you know, for that Canadian, you know, who wants to be a homeowner, uh, it's an opportunity for them to get their foot in the door. And typically when we deal with B lenders, Rick, we want to do something for short term, one or two years. And what we want to do is we want to hold their hand and and help them reestablish their credit so that in that year's time or two years time, we can walk them back into an an A lender. Um, So, you know, the B, you know, the B market is for somebody who, you know, has got bad credit or bruised credit or perhaps is self-employed and doesn't show uh, so much money uh, on paper, but can show, um, you know, positive cash flow in, a, in, in bank statements. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, so, you know, a B lender would look at somebody who's self-employed and they would say, well, I'll tell you what, Sam, you know, get me six months worth of his bank statements. Let me add up all, let me add up the deposits. Let me, you know, show me some uh, proof that he owns his own business. How long has he been employed? How many employees does he have? They might want to see some invoices. Uh, and they really, they, they, they make sense of the deal. Um, you know, they, the client typically would need 20% down. So they also are asking for a slightly larger down payment. And if, if, the, if the deal makes sense based on that, they would do, they would lend uh, that client um, money, notwithstanding the, the fact that his financial uh, um, statements uh, might not be as, um, you know, as strong, uh, uh, you know, so... Uh, that's the, the differentiating factor between an A lender and a B lender. An A lender wants everything to be, uh, you know, uh, documented. They want all the financial statements to show uh, accurate numbers. And a B lender is a little bit uh, less stringent when it comes to that kind of stuff. And A lenders would be your traditional big banks, credit unions. Yeah. So an A lender is a big bank, credit union, and then there's. Um, other monoline lenders that are also A lenders, like a monoline lender would be a lender uh, that, that is not a balance sheet lender. Like banks are what we call balance sheet lenders and monoline lenders, they securitize funds and they sell them off. So a, a, a monoline lender would be a lender, an example would be uh, Street Capital, MCAP, First National, Radius Financial, these just to name a few. Mm-hmm. They're smaller. They're boutique lenders. They do a business. They do good business. They're scrutinized by the government, so they're not bad lenders. They're just not banks. Are there bad lenders out there? I don't think so, Rick. You know, I, I you know, people would say that a B lender is a bad lender. Well, they're not a bad lender. They do everything that they're supposed to. Do. They do everything that they're allowed to do that the government tells them they're allowed to do. Um, and just because they're charging a higher rate and charging a fee doesn't make them bad. Right. Because at the end of the day, consumers have that choice. They know what they're getting into. And these B lenders are not doing anything they're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. What portion of your clientele would, would uh, I guess, be forced to go to a B lender? That, that would be their option. Yeah. So I would say my, you know, I, I, again, off the top of my head, I would say that I do probably, you know, 80, you know, 85% of my business is A and mm. 15% of it is probably B. But I, those are just my, it's, it's just a guess. Yeah. Um, are a lot of people refinancing their homes right now? Tons. Uh, tons of people refinancing because, you know, uh, we're at historically low interest rates. Uh, you, you could never borrow money cheaper, uh, you know, and some of the reasons for refinancing would be, you know, home renovations, debt consolidation, perhaps buying a, a cottage property. Uh, so, you know, clients will come to me and say, hey, you know, Sam, I, 
you know, I need to, you know, renovate my home and I, you know, I, I went to the bank and I can get a renovation loan and the renovation loan is at 6%. Well, you know, paying a renovation loan at 6%, you know, is, is, is an option, but being able to refinance your mortgage at 2.4% is, is in a lot of times it's a better option. Mm-hmm. So people have never been able to borrow at cheaper rates. So to answer your question, Rick, tons of people are refinancing today. And obviously, is it better uh, <laughs> towards the end of your mortgage to refinance, or can you do it anytime? Uh, yeah, you know, another great question, and it really depends on on a lot of things. It depends on what rate you have. Mm-hmm. depends on where you are in that term, because there is, uh, and oftentimes there are penalties to get out of that mortgage. Yeah. So you know, you'd have to weigh out the, the pros and cons. Um, you know, if somebody's sitting at a rate of, I don't know, 3.5, uh, you know, with two years left and today's rates are 2.4, you know, they might be open to paying a penalty uh, and it's twofold. And one, they're getting uh, a better rate for another five years. And number two, they're pulling out the equity they need to renovate that home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it really, really depends, Rick, on on the situation. But you are right. You, you asked me whether it, it makes more sense later on in the term. And the answer is typically, yes, it would make better sense later on in the term. Hmm. Uh, why is it that a mortgage broker can get an approval for a mortgage versus the bank? Oh, boy. Okay. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Maybe I, we should have saved this for our next segment. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, discredit banks and, you know, but I, I you know. You know, hey, look, I, I said it earlier, you know, the, the bankers have a lot of stuff they have to know. Sure. You know, they're, they know a lot about everything. Um, and, you know, I, I feel, and not, not, you know, not, not that every mortgage broker, but I feel that most mortgage brokers know what, you know, know what they do and they're, they're, they're mortgage professionals. They're, you know, they're trained and, and taught to be mortgage brokers mm-hmm. and they, they have to know it to the best of their ability, you know, and so, you know, and it translates well. I mean, you know, I, I, I've been in the business a long time and, you know, I do, I do, you know, all of Rob's work and all of his team's work. And, um, you know, and there's times where clients will come to me and they'll say, hey, you know, I went to the bank and I got a rate. Uh, can you do better? And sometimes, and I'm not going to say which bank because it doesn't really matter, but sometimes I'm able to get them a better rate than they got at the same bank. Really? And they sit there scratching their head saying, <laughs> well, how, how did, did you that do that? I just went there and I've been banking there for 30 years. Yeah. And, and, you know, the simple answer is, you know, like you're one person, you're walking into the bank. Right. And depending on how, you know, how, how you're negotiating, uh, you know, you may or may not get the best rate. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and, and I'm going to say this, like banks, it's not in their best interest to get you the best rate. That's it right. really is not. Yeah. So you come to me and I might package that deal and I'm going to send it to a bank that, you know, uh, that me and my company overall send billions of dollars to. Well, they're giving me a volume discount. Sure. So they're giving me a better rate. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, dip into a little bit about RRSPs. We'll talk about uh, why the number 500 means a lot to the golfie team. That and a whole lot more when we come back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML.
Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. His phone number is 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. That's the website. Head online to social media at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Sam Maliaccio of Mortgage Architects Hamilton, also in the studio with us today. His phone number is 905-574-9200. Okay, can buyers still borrow from their RRSP to purchase a home, and how much can you borrow? So the answer is yes, Rick. Uh, so first-time home buyers uh, are able to pull out, uh, or sorry, pull, borrow from their RRSPs up to 25000 per person. So oh, if it's okay. a husband and wife, they can pull out up to 50000 If it's a one person, then obviously it's 25000 uh, And they have 15 years to repay it uh, back to the plan. Um, so that's for, that, that's for first-time home buyers. Now, if, a second, if somebody's bought a home before and wants to do it again, there's nothing stopping them from doing it again, hmm. but they just have to pay it back. Right. So so it's not just that only first-time home buyers can do it. It's just that if the, the privilege comes to a first-time home buyer because they're able to borrow up to 25000 interest-free right. and pay it back over 15 years versus if somebody who's already owned before wants to do that, they can certainly do that, except it's just it's going to cost them more because there's uh, there's penalties and taxes to pay sure. for that privilege. Uh, and in terms of paying it back, you just basically pay it back during tax time. That's correct. Yeah. You, you pay it back slowly over a 15-year period at tax time. Yeah. Um, what is Mortgage Home Improvement Program? Yeah, so that's, um, that's something that's offered by the insurers. And uh, what, what it basically does is it enables uh, a home buyer to buy a home that might need some renovation work, and they're able to capitalize the renovation costs into their purchase. Hmm. So, and a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, people, you know, only have enough money for their down payment, but realize that the home might need some improvement. So it's tough for that first time home buyer to one, come up with a down payment and then have to go into a bank after that to pull out, you know, a $30,000 loan to then renovate their home. So what this Purchase Plus Improvements Program allows them to do is basically they're able to buy a home. So let's say, for example, they're buying a home for $300,000 and the home needs you know, a $30,000 versus uh, uh, $30,000 in upgrades, what they're able to do is they, we, the broker would submit the, they would, the, the buyer would need quotes for this type of work. Mm-hmm. The, uh, then the broker would submit the quotes with the, uh, the offer uh, or agreement of purchase sale to the lender. And then the lender would actually lend based on the improved value so if the improved value would end up being, in this case, 330000 because the client would put $30,000 worth of renovation mm-hmm. work into mm-hmm. the home, the lender will advance that money upon completion of the renovation work. So now the client has one mortgage payment. Right. They've got a beautiful home that they've renovated, and they've capitalized that into their mortgage at today's low rate. So it's a great product. Uh, it's designed, you know, especially for that first-time home buyer. Uh, who's buying that home that maybe needs a little bit of TLC. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great program 
for first-time home buyers. But it's not only available to first-time home buyers. Not just okay. for first-time home buyers. You're right, Rick. Uh, it's it, and it's available to anybody right. who who has uh, you know who wants to have an insured mortgage. Uh, how much scrutiny is done in terms of the renovations? That I mean, are we just talking about safety renovations? Are we saying you know a couple wants to purchase this three hundred thousand dollar home? They're not too excited about the kitchen. They want to redo it. Would that qualify under this program? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's so it's kitchen. It's flooring, it's windows, uh, you know, it could be a furnace, could be paint, you know, it doesn't include, like, obviously it's not furniture or, uh, you know, uh, like, or a pool. I I don't think, I think it excludes things like that. Hmm. But yeah, anything to do with, you know, uh, you know, enhancing the the value of that home. Uh, And and again, it's a little more work for the broker and uh, for the client, but it's well worth it in the end. uh, Because as I said, it's, you know, you you know, you get that home uh, the way it needs to be upon completion and you're borrowing money and you're having one, it's one payment and it's at today's low rates. But I think the only thing, you know, it depends on which insurer that we're dealing with, but um, uh, I think um, one of them asks for an appraisal at the end. And, and most often, once the work is complete, the, the appraisal will reflect that higher value. Mm-hmm. Is there a cap or a maximum on what a homeowner can get? Yeah, great question. Uh, and the cap is 20% of the purchase price. Wow. So it can be a lot, a large sum of money. Yeah, it could yeah. be. So yeah, so if somebody's buying a $300,000 home, they can put a $60,000 renovation into it. Hmm. Is, there, is there a cap though on the purchase price? So like if you buy a million dollar home, can, can is it 200000 you get? or? So that's a great question, Rob. And I think the maximum is $1 million. Hmm. Uh, and so therefore, yeah, I, I guess if it's a million dollars, you can put a, a $200,000 renovation into it, which is not a lot for a million dollar home, right? right? Right. So, I mean, it would be easy to spend $200,000 in a, in a million-dollar home. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's Did a lot you easier than using a credit card at uh, 19% <laughs> to do the renovations oh, yeah. with. No doubt about yeah. that. Uh, would flippers be interested in this, or would this work for them? House flippers? Uh, you know... Seems like a lot of work for them. I don't think so, because, you know, there's going to be some upfront costs, because then they're paying a CMHC premium. Right. I think it would be, I think it's ideally, Rick, for somebody who's going to be holding that property long term. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to say that it couldn't be for a, a somebody who's flipping, but I just don't think it's ideal for somebody who's flipping a home. Right. Okay. Uh, All right. When we come back, we will talk about uh, the number 500, the number one. Top 10 is going to be in the equation as well. Uh, This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Go around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty. The Golfi team, our special in studio guest this morning, Sam Aliacho of Mortgage Architects Hamilton, 905 574 9200. Again, 905 574 9200 to get in touch with Sam. You can call Rob today at 905 575 7700. RobGolfi.com is the website, right? We've been teeing up a number of numbers, including 500 and top 10 and number one. Maybe we'll start with uh, a pretty cool article in the Hamilton Spectator that uh, gives some props to the golfy team. Yes, I actually was surprised. Uh, Somebody uh, called me up and said, Rob, did you read the uh, top of the business page uh, in the Spectator last week? And I said, no, they said, you were mentioned 
that uh, we were one of the uh, top uh, teams in Canada uh, for uh, real estate sales. And I was really, so I obviously ran to the store and bought two copies. <laughs> <laughs> so it so, identified that last year you guys sold 460. We some sold homes? 460 uh, homes yep. uh, last year, and this year you've we've already you've hit already over surpassed the 500 that. mark. That's amazing. This year we hit over the 500 mark. Uh, we keep uh, trying to improve uh, everything that we do. Um, we we are the uh, a preferred uh, realtor referral real 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 estate uh, team in Hamilton from the CCR the Cross mm-hmm. Canada Referral Book the Remax agents. Um, so we just you know build a strong network and keep giving good service and and when when people see our sign, there's a lot of credibility and value that goes with. Uh, that house that's that is for sale. Yeah. So we feel that it just it just keeps spinning around and around. Is that uh, is that five hundred plus a record? Uh, it it it's a record for us. I I don't think it's uh and I think it's probably um a, a record probably for uh, any agent in the, in the Hamilton Burlington wow. area. I don't think anybody's hit that number. That's amazing. So. Talk about being number one. You're number yes. one. Number one of, of all the Hamilton, Burlington surrounding areas on the Hamilton Real Estate Board. That's yes. amazing. And that tr- that's in terms of sales volume. Sales volume. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. Surprisingly, my uh, broker, uh, uh, Conrad Zarini, uh, sent me a, a, a brochure and he says, Rob, you're, you're number one on the board still. So it's uh, it's it's exciting. It didn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was you know, a lot of hard work over the years yeah. to, to get there. And that speaks to the team as well. I mean, everyone is kind of pulling their weight and getting yes. things done, right? Yes. We have great training. Um, everybody on my team is full time. They have to do training with us. We have weekly meetings. Um, it 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 makes a huge difference because yeah. I can uh, you know, and every team member has access to me quickly. So if there's a if they're in the middle of a situation, as soon as they call me, I answer the phone mm-hmm. and I can deal with that situation. So we have very little mistakes when it comes to dealing with contracts. So it, yeah. it's it's it, it works really well. Adding to the excitement uh, is, and you just ran these commercials on AM 900 CHML very recently, is that you're in growth mode too. Right? Yes, you're, you're, yeah, we're growing, more we're, we're growing, we're looking for agents uh, to join our team. Uh, you know, uh, we get a lot of people calling us, uh, you know, wanting to sell and buy homes. So we want to make sure we can handle uh, handle them and ha- give good service. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about Google. When people are going to Google and they're hunting for real estate properties, your name is coming up time and time yes, again. Yes, yes. So we went on Google Trends. And we um, we put down we put down all the agents in Hamilton, and then we also put agents in the Hamilton, Burlington surrounding area, the mm-hmm. top agents. Mm-hmm. And we are the most searched real estate uh, uh, company, or like the golfy teams, the most re- uh, searched uh, real estate on uh, in on Google wow. for the for this area. So so it's nice to to get those numbers, and so we show those stats uh, when we go to people's homes. Say, listen, yeah. I mean, there's a higher probability that we're going to get more people in your home. And because we are the most searched, so mm-hmm. you know it, it, it works out well. So as long as I keep doing working hard and and uh, staying on the right side of the tracks, and yeah. things will go well. That means a lot to the client too, because they understand the power of Google. They know that when you're number one on that list, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs there. And you know, if someone is selling their home, they have to look to you guys because you're number one in all these categories. Yeah, yeah. They, you know what? A, a recognized name. It's like it's like any brand out there that, that in the world. Um, people, when they recognize a brand, they have a tendency of wanting to deal with that brand. Right. It, it's more comfortable, yeah. and and it adds a lot of value to it, like a lot of credibility and value. So, so we do get calls from uh, you know people outside. They say we see your name a lot. We we want to deal with uh, your team and mm-hmm. uh, you know purchasing a home or even selling a home. 
Top 10 and uh, top 100 are two things that mean a lot as well. You're the top 10 among Remax in Canada. Yes, there's uh, over, I think, 23,000 uh, agents in Canada. We're uh, I'm, I'm ranked number 10 of all the Remax agents. Wow. And in the world, we're ranked in uh, in, in the top in the top 100. I think it's around 60 or uh, 60 or 50 somewhere in there wow. of of uh, Remax teams in uh, in the world. Yeah. Now I'm saying wow. You're probably not surprised. Well, because you, you know, see the work every day. You know day, what? Right? It's kind of like a gauge. Um, it, it tells me that I'm doing something right. Yeah. Um, it, it is it, it it is flattering. I I mean it, I love seeing the numbers. It it, it is uh, you know it 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 keeps me pumped up and mm-hmm. keep me going. Um, and, and it's also a gauge to say that I, I am doing the right thing and, yeah. wor- and working. Yeah, there's striving. some validation there. It, it, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I remember one of the first shows we talked about why you got into becoming a real estate agent, and you said basically it was that competitive factor. So yes. you're looking at these numbers, you know, top ten, top one hundred, or top seventy five, whatever the case is, and you're thinking, I want to get to number one. Yes, absolutely, right? absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm a goal oriented guy, and plus I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I I love it. So, I mean, it just makes it that much easier to, to do this job, yeah. you know. All right. Well, if you are in the market to sell your home, call Rob Golfie today, 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. want to thank Sam for coming in as well. Sam, great information. We'll have you on in a future show for sure. My pleasure, Rick. Thank you. All right. And thank you, Rob. Thank you. And we will talk to you next Saturday morning here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML.